Kia ora, I'm Tim McCready and this is Too Much Talk, a podcast from Onihanga FM. Way back in 1893, Elizabeth Yates became mayor of Onihanga and the first female mayor in the British Empire. She famously said, There is in both borough councils and in parliament too a great deal too much talk. Over the coming weeks, we'll be cutting through the talk and chatting with candidates and commentators ahead of the local body election about their vision for Onihanga and the surrounding suburbs. In this episode, I speak with Troy Elliott, who is running for Monga Keke Tamaki Councillor as part of the Communities and Residents team. Troy currently sits on the Orake Local Board as Deputy Chair, and he has owned and led several businesses in the telecommunication and fitness industries. Kia ora, Troy. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Tim. Uh, I wanted to begin just by giving you the chance, as I'm asking everybody, to tell us a little bit about your background. How would you describe yourself? Oh, how would I describe myself? It's how would other people describe me? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm happily married. I've only got married for my second time uh, only five weeks ago, believe it or not, but been with my uh, beautiful wife now for the last couple of years. Uh, we have two stepchildren, and we have our own uh, baby due in uh, two and a half weeks. So, oh, wow. uh, pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> a busy period for you then. <laughs> yeah, busy period, which is good. But I mean, I'm also uh, I've, I've run businesses over the years, and um, I've I've really been a guy that just loves community a lot, and um, hence why I've got involved with politics. Yeah, awesome. And your background uh, is in telecommunications and the fitness industries, yep. is it? Absolutely. Right? So yeah, so I was with a, I was one of uh, Vodafone's first dealers in New Zealand. We had a company called First Mobile, so we had dealerships right throughout the country, and mm. uh, really enjoyed that over the early days of, of telco, and which was quite kind of fun. And uh, then uh, we morphed that into something which was kind of unusual. We uh, invented some aqua- aquatic fitness equipment, which we sold worldwide, and I travelled around the world with that. And we were mainly dealing with uh, professional sports teams and NBA stars and football stars etc so it was a lot of fun and uh, with the company's still going but I decided to I actually liked um, Aotearoa too much and I decided instead of moving myself to San Diego when we moved the company there I stayed here in New Zealand. Great choice great choice. Exactly. You're currently the deputy chair of the Orake local board is yep. that, that correct? Exactly. And now you're jumping ship over to uh, Mongake Ke Tamaki why is why is that? Well, it's, it's kind of unusual because I'm not really jumping ship because, unfortunately, the weird way we have it with um, at Auckland Council is um, Ellerslie, where I've lived a, a lot of my life, is actually the Aorake local board, but it's also Mangakake Tamaki for council. So it actually is, we have a couple of areas, which is um, Ellerslie and St. John's, which are a crossover from there. So it's not really jumping ship. It's actually sort of staying where we are. But um, my wife and I actually did move to Mount Wellington instead of Ellerslie. And uh, yeah, so going the next step up at the moment, Tim. Yeah, cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's good, good that you pointed that out because this is something yeah. that I learned uh, just last week, actually, that the, the, the boundaries do not necessarily align, uh, which is a weird quirk of, of local <laughs> local governments in Auckland. It is indeed. And just for full disclosure, your wife, uh, Tabitha Elliott, is running yep. for the local board in the Tamaki subdivision. For she is the, indeed. Now, so- is that right? Absolutely. Full disclosure, Tabitha is actually currently an elected member for Manurewa Local Board. Um, that's how we met. We met. So she's through, definitely jumping ship. Yeah, she's de- well. She's yeah. She's definitely. I mean, the reality is we met through local politics, and um, which is kind of cool in some ways. As as people said recently, it's um it's nice to hear something positive come out of politics rather than all the negativity. <laughs> and so you know we got we we met each other and we became good friends. And then through a quirk of life, how that deals you some unusual cards. Sometimes we ended up together, which is is great. 
and um, ending up together, as I said, and now you know got married and have a kid, have a kid on on the way as well. Mm, mm, what a story! <laughs> uh, well, what is it then uh, that that made you get into local politics? What what was the driver behind that uh, to begin with? Look, I mean, it's I uh, lived in Ellerslie for quite a while, and uh, and with my first wife Tracy, who unfortunately passed away from cancer. But I, I spent a lot of time um, advocating for cancer, and um, I'm still a, a, an advocate for breast cancer in New Zealand, and I do a lot of work and a lot of a lot of uh, uh, meetings and also um, presentations and also the breast cancer uh, breakfast for them. But Mm. it got me realizing that it got me more political. And I started looking at a few things and also living in Ellerslie, we had a bit of a problem along the motorway where there's a motorway, there was no barrier and people were driving along and throwing stuff out and it was in our backyard and I got really frustrated with it. So I started getting a couple of politicians to, what could we do about this on a central government level and really push for it. And it it just got me more political, to be honest. And I went, well, wait a second, we can do more here. And so I, I became the chair of the LSE Residents Association and got involved with that and got involved with Community Patrol uh, about five years ago and started looking, wait a second, I can give this a go. And uh, so I, yeah, stood for the Aoraki local board out of Ellerslie, which is a bit unusual because it's t- typically, as as you sort of it's got the, got the illusion as well, it's it's, it's generally the, the mm. bays rather than than our area. And I and I got involved, and yeah, I was lucky enough to be elected, and then became the deputy chair as well. Awesome. So three years on uh, yep. in that role, what what are some of the um, achievements that you'd point to uh, in terms of your work on on that local board? I think one of the things we're we, we're really proud of is is uh, we're our, our greenness, if I want to put it that way. We worked really strongly with Porewa Valley, and we worked really well in which we call the lungs of uh, our Tamaki Makoto, and we worked strongly in that. We've also worked with uh, Waiatarua, which is just outside of the Mangakeka Tamaki boundary, but it's an area which is nice wetlands. But um, in, inside this area, one of the things I'm also the lead on is Park Sports and Rec. So I'm working with Colin Maiden uh, Precinct, which is a huge area for us. It's almost a sub-regional park in many ways. And also Liston Park and Michael's Ave. So we're getting a lot of things done in that parks area. It's quite a large area, to be honest there, Tim, but um, it's keeping us busy for sure. Mm. And as someone um, that, you know, you've got, you've, you've got experience uh, working on a local board, how would you describe uh, the relationship between a local board and a councillor, how does that work in in practice? In theory, theory is a good one versus practice. Look, I think. Look, I think the most important thing is, you know, we say about a local board, we look after, you know, rubbish and the parks, and you know, and we look after the roading, etc. But you know, we've got this quirk of a thing called AT, and and they basically control roading full stop. We don't have a lot of input there, unfortunately, which we should, in my opinion, Tim. But we, how we work with governing bodies, we advocate through to our our councillors, and in my case, it's quite unusual because we have um, two councillors. We have Josephine at the moment, obviously, and we also have Desley Simpson. So we're in a situation, we are actually advocating to two governing body members the whole time. But in reality, we're actually advocating to 20 plus the mayor. So we're trying to get everything done that we can. We work pretty closely with all of them. We present to governing body quite often. And as a chair or deputy chair, we're privileged enough to sit on some of those committees to work with them too. Mm. Uh, And have I got this right that you're also a candidate for the Mount Wellington Licensing Trust? Yeah, Uh, I am. 
So how, how, what does that involve? That's not, I don't know a lot about that. Look, um, it, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm quite passionate about because I, I used to own a, believe it or not, in a, in a past life as well, I also used to own the Auckland basketball team. So oh. um, I, I had, a, had a bit of an interest in, and we used to get funding through different um, charities and different pokies and different a- angles from that. So i am really got this strong interest in making sure that we distribute funds within a, within a trust area as, as well as we can within a community. And to me, that's why I'm getting involved with this, to make sure that we can also look at how we can actually distribute those, those funds as equally and as well as we can in our community. Right. And, and I'm not going to let you drop something like that without digging into it a little bit more. It's a little <laughs> off topic, but how did you, how did you come to own the uh, Auckland basketball Well, team? it was, it was through, through my involvement with Vodafone. As, as I said earlier, I had a Vodafone dealership. So we, we were dealing with a lot of sports people over the years. And um, I dealt with um, Piero Cameron, a good mate of mine, and Dylan Boucher in, in the early days. And um, these guys sort of said, look, we need some support. And I said, well, I came home to my first wife and said, by the way, darling, we bought a basketball team. And um, that was uh, the start of a, a really interesting conversation but we had we had a number of years we loved it we, we won an NBL championship and to me though the most important thing is we actually gave back to community all our guys went out and did training and teaching in local schools and that was something which actually got me more involved and that's where when you talked to him before about trusts and how to get involved to me those trusts actually fund things like that which means you get you know different schools really get involved with basketball and basketball is a growing sport in New Zealand as well and we're pretty pretty good at it as well. I think it's quite a it's quite a rapidly growing sport. Right? Yeah, it is Coming indeed. One of, one of, if not our most popular, it's going to probably get there. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned that you uh, you do a bit of volunteering for the uh, community patrols. Yep. Uh, how often how often are you out on the street? Oh, look, I'm out at least once a month, if not twice a month. Um, I work closely with Robert Fowler, the, the founder. Um, and one of the things I actually enjoy about that is it's actually the ability just to communicate with your, well, get out and talk to your community. And so I, I love the fact a lot of patrollers will hop in the car and maybe do a walk around. But to me, I love going to the cafes and the bars and having a chat to people and see if they've got issues. And it actually, I'll be honest, I can put two hats on at the same time, Tim. I can find out as a, as a local board member what's happening in our community as well as actually find out you know what what actually is concerning people with crime and at the moment there's a lot of issues with crime that's for sure yeah and i do want to dig into that a little bit more what yep. is uh, in ellerslie what's the crime situation like there Look, I, th- I think the biggest concern is, you know, we've had a, we've had a lot of problems with ram raids like a lot of people have had uh, and it's fear whether it's justified a lot because I'm, one of the things i've really noticed is that social media really um, accentuates the, the crime issues because it's right here, right now. So if somebody sees a crime issue, they put it on social media. I, I'm lucky enough mm-hmm. to get the reporting from New Zealand Police and, and I work closely with Jim, the area commander, to be able to see what's happening in the area. And look, there is an increase, unfortunately. Um, ram raids are massively increased at this moment in time. And we just want to try and, you know, the best way of putting it is to alleviate some of the fear in the public. And just to, to tell them, you know, from a council level, one thing we want to try and do is things like um, crime prevention by making sure our lighting is as good as possible so people c- can get public transport, walk out of a train station and feel safe. And at the moment, some people don't do that, to be honest, Tim, and we've got to try and change it. Yeah. Do you, do you consider is sort of the Ellerslie area, especially around the train station, is that quite a safe area to, to be? Um, Look, are there, is there much crime in that sort of area? I consider it pretty safe, to be honest. Um, mm. But I, I think one of the things to look at is, you know, we've also in, in Ellerslie and I know, also know in Onihunga and along Great South Road, there's been mm. a number of um, the motels which have been emergency housing and also mm. housing for 501s. 
and you know the reality is that's needed in our community so it's not i'm saying not saying we don't need it but i think it's it's put a fear in a lot of people and you know in, in a couple of them in Alizy, we've had some problems with with crime there and stabbings and a few issues as well which is quite concerning for the for the general community yeah, so what kind of, um, you know, assuming you're successful in your campaign to become uh, our next councillor, what, what kind of things can you do on council, do you think, to prevent uh, this sort of uptick in crime that we're seeing? Look, I, my, my personal opinion, Tim, is we need to make sure we we make it as difficult as possible for crime. Now, that sounds really simplistic, putting it, but, you know, there's a $6 million government fund uh, that's been put through for um, fog cannons and bollards. I think at Auckland Council, one of the things we need to do is work with AT to make sure they can be put in quicker and easier. When we're talking about people that have been trying to put bollards in, in Arake, we had a, a, a bottle store that had been hit eight times, and he'd been trying to get through to AT to put those in. We need to cut the red tape to make these make it a lot easier. But also the lighting, as I said before, we need to make it you know, really safe for people to feel like they can walk in their community and not ever have any concerns. Mm. Uh I wanted to uh, now. I've I've read your uh, your bio and some of the things that you're you're campaigning on, okay, and I wanted to dive see. into a couple of these things specifically. <laughs> yep. um, I noticed in your write up that you say uh, council must stop focusing on following the latest fads and instead get the city working for its residents. Yep. What do you mean by that? Look, I think one of the things that quite often we do is we'll look overseas. And we'll see, um, you know, if, if I want to use uh, the low traffic net neighborhood scenario as well, if we look at LTNs and look at what was occurring there as well, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. I think we need to get communication right and we need to get buy-in from communities. And I think that's something which has been lacking quite often. And I personally want everybody to feel safe when they're driving and walking around. But I think we need to make sure we look at what is right for the community. I'm a big believer in, in the fact is if you don't get community buy-in something, we don't do it. And so therefore, just because we believe it's right from a council level and our community doesn't believe it's right, there's something wrong with that. And I mean, I can use a really simple example, Rimura Road, which is 100 metres away, an upland road. Um, AT have suggested to put a, a race crossing there because they believe there was an accident there uh, once within the last three years. The reality is seven local board members, all the community said no. And so this is my concern is that we are having things foisted on our community without communicating with them and actually getting their buy-in. And therefore you just get you almost feel the community fight back because they feel that we're not listening to them. And so I just think it's important. Instead of actually say, stating this is the way it should be, we get buy-in from the community from that side. Mm, it's interesting that you mentioned the low traffic neighbourhood. Yep. Because, uh, especially uh, the trial in Onihanga, because uh, mm. we've had uh, Alec Tang, who's a sort of cycling advocate, was yep. on the podcast and was talking about that. What Do you, do you think that fundamentally, are they a good option or, and it was poorly communicated or do you disagree with it uh, as as something to put in place? Look, it's interesting because I'm probably 50-50. So that's being really honest because, you know, I, I believe it was done the wrong way. It was not communicated properly. It was foisted on the community. It was not, there was not buy-in. And I think with anything we do, we have to have buy-in. But, you know, when I was with the, with the fire department today and they said they were not communicated and they come along grace and they there's a fire and they could not get their fire truck past the blue boxes, I'm sitting there going, there's something fundamentally wrong with with our whole system here. Now, that that to me is the most concerning scenario. And when there were public meetings, and I, I came along to some of them, and hearing the community, you know, outcry about it, that that concerns me. That 
we hadn't got it right. Now, there are ways of trying to get things right. I'm far from against, um, you know, cycleways or public transport or anything, you know, actually trying to get people even walking buses. I love the, the absolute concept of everything there. But I think we need to get the whole practice right rather than just theoretical. And that's, yeah. that's buy-in from yeah. the community, to be honest, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, another thing uh, that that's actually it's in your um, in your bio, but um, but you've also mentioned it a couple of times in this interview. Yep. Uh, Auckland Transport. Okay, <laughs> uh, here we go. I, I, know, I, I know you've said you say uh, that you've successfully campaigned against Auckland's Auckland Transport's, and I'll, I'll quote you: senseless projects. Yep. Um, what? How do you think? How do you think uh, the relationship between council and Auckland Transport sh- could work better? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be a a wee bit controversial here. I'd say it's broken at the moment. I think it's fundamentally broken. And, you know, we we, we, we as elected members uh, are given the opportunity to be able to give feedback and communicate with Auckland Transport, but none of it is binding. And I think the, the, here lies the fundamental problem. We don't have anybody from the governing body sitting on Auckland Transport anymore. We don't have a situation where we actually have any opportunity when we're elected by the community to be able to represent them we actually haven't got a say there, to be honest, Tim. And that really frustrates me because what actually happens is when we have problems, and I look at Rafiti Road, I look at um, Michael's Ave as well with uh, problems with resurfacing, as elected members, we get contacted and said, how can you fix this? The issue is that our best way of doing it is then doing the same thing as actually contacting our AT advisor to say, can you help us here? And, and there's something wrong there. Now, I'm not saying there, there's an easy fix to this, but I think we have to look at the 2009 Local Government Act, which created these CCOs uh, for Auckland Council, and, and, and see how we can actually get these right and start to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very bi- it's a very <laughs> big point. I'm not I'm <laughs> not trying to pretend we're going to solve this in at a podcast here, Tim. But to me, no, I no. think it's important we try and look at something. Yeah, and this is council we're talking about after all, right? Where everything exactly. does take a little bit of time. So, yeah, fair, fair point. Um, uh, we've been, as I mentioned, we've been talking to uh, to locals about the issues in Monga Kiki, Tamaki, and climate change. Probably wouldn't surprise you to hear yep. uh, has has come up. Uh, is that something that you hear when you're out talking to residents? Do do you think the residents uh, care uh, in general about climate change? Look, I think everybody is aware of it, uh, and if they're not, they're you know they're, they're living in a cave. And, and I think one of the things that my wife and I, we're, we're actually both members of a, an organisation called the Blue Greens, which, you know, putting our, putting our true face on here, which is a National Party um, Green Division, we've both mm-hmm. been members of that for like six years. And I think it's, it's important that we can get out and do as much as we can for, for our environment. You know, we, we consider ourselves at the Iraqi Local Board one of the most environmentally friendly local boards. You know, we work closely with Eastern Songbird Project, which I absolutely adore and has been brilliant. And we also work with Potewa Valley. Valley and Nati Fatua to make sure that we actually do as much as we can in our, as we call them, the lungs of Tamaki Makoto and, and the Pauriwa Valley. So, oh, look, I, I, if we were to sit back and, and deny it, there's something wrong in this world, to be honest. Um, we know there's an issue, and if we can't do something about it, there's something wrong. Mm, what are the kinds of things that you think uh, council should be thinking about in terms of greater Auckland uh, to prevent climate change or to take action on it, I guess? Uh, look, I think I think a lot of it is, is starting to happen already. I mean, we're looking as well as um, you know green pickup bins as well um, around the city, which I think is a great idea. Um, I one of the issues that I I want to try and make sure that we do is we 
we don't demonize the car driver, but we actually work with people to encourage them to use public transport. And, you know, obviously one of the hot points is, you know, making sure that the only hunger line goes right through to Britomart. So people actually still, still utilize that. Because one of the things that, and I'll, and I'll use a really simple example here, is Ellerslie is quite often considered the surrogate park and ride for so many areas because people will drive to Ellerslie and they get the train into the city. And, mm. and this is one of the things is, you know, I also don't think we should actually um, give up on park and rides because it's a it's a it's a means to an end. It starts to get people utilising public transport, and if we can actually educate people to do it rather than force it onto them, I think that's the most important way that we actually do things. And I, I see some of the programs with schools and seeing you know our kids as well that the, they come home and they're more green and they know more today than I'll ever know, and and I love mm. that because that that actually shows that we've got a, a you know a future as well here that the children are actually going to teach some of the older as well yeah that's that's for sure that's for sure um okay now it's time to move on to my favorite part of uh <laughs> the podcast which is the quick fire round uh so i've got a bunch of questions here i think the first one you've actually already touched i was on gonna say you have a quick fire round for politicians so that must be almost <laughs> impossible but we'll give it a do go your Tim. do your best yeah uh first question what suburb do you live in i live in uh, mount wellington at the moment and uh when was the last time you used public transport Oh, a couple of weeks ago, I got the train into the city, which I absolutely adore from Ellerslie. Awesome. Uh, when is the last time you rode a bike in Auckland? <laughs> oh, now, that's a, the last time I rode a bike was a long tamaki drive with a few friends about four weeks ago. I have a, I have a single speed pushy sitting downstairs in, in my, um, my uh, lockup, but I don't use it enough, to be honest, Tim. Mm, do you feel safe on the streets? Uh, this isn't a quick fire question, but yeah, do you no, feel look, safe on the streets on a, on a bike? I, I don't. I don't. Don't generally, and I think this is one of the problems that we've got. Is we need to. I mean, my my ex brother in law is a professional cyclist, and he said to me that he wouldn't draw, He wouldn't ride along Tamaki Drive anymore, and I think that's one of the things we need to look at to try and make it safer for people as well. Mm, uh, do you support fares free public transport? I'm going to be a bit controversial. No, I don't. I mean, we've, we've currently got half price public transport, and I see the buses you know, literally empty at the moment. So to me, you know, there'd be a big step for us to be able to get to that level. And I think it's around $450 million a year. I'd rather we look at educating people to be able to get them onto public transport instead to start with. All right. Uh, Should Auckland's port be moved from its current site? Long term? Yes, in my opinion. Short term? I think we should look at an OPCO model to make sure we actually enable it to make some money back and Circo one of the guys that run prisons actually also run um, ports and I think we should look at something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, do you support the climate action targeted rate I support it at a local board level and I supported it because my community supported it I'm one of these people that believe if my community come out and say they want it I'll support it so I did support it for okay all right and uh, how many houses do you own I don't own any I genuinely don't. It's a it's a funny thing because my wife and I, she lived in Manurei with a house. I lived in um, in Alice. We both sold them. Unfortunately, I had to sell my house to be able to fund medication for my first wife. It's another mm. story at another time, mm. Tim. But the reality is our medication system and pharmac is broken in New Zealand as well. Hence why I got involved with politics. But no, we don't own a house, but we look forward to buying one at some time if we can. Yeah, maybe maybe buy back the uh, Auckland basketball team when you're <laughs> good on you, mate. Uh, and 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 final one. Uh, who do you support for, Mayor? I'm supporting Vibeck at this moment in time. 
All right. And uh, and a question that I'm actually asking all of my podcast guests, could you tell me one of your favorite places in Onihanga and why you love it? It has to be the Good Home. The Good Home pub, uh, we can take the kids there. There's got a trampoline downstairs, which is absolutely brilliant for them. Uh, plus, if I didn't say that, one of my uh, local board members, Tony Wilcock, that owns it would absolutely crucify me. So I do adore that place. It's a safe option, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, before we go, in under two minutes, I just wanted to give you a chance to tell the people listening why they should vote for you. Look, I, I think one of the big advantages I have is I have a business background, and I think it's important that we look at Auckland Council going forward. We're in a rates crisis, we're in a, a financial crisis in Auckland Council, and we need to start to look at how we actually get things right. My whole focus is to be able to bring a business a background to say we need to look at what we can cut out of Auckland Council to save money. Um, I also am community-minded and also love the fact that you know we need to make sure we we make sure our parks, our playgrounds and everything uh, to its utmost and are working really well. And at the moment, I'm pretty happy with what we're doing from our level. And I also know that the local board for Mangakeke Tamaki have been doing a great job as well. So why vote for me? Well, I'm a guy that actually is, is doing this because I actually care. I won't use an expression a lot of my friends say, which is I give a sh, but I mean, I'm here to actually try and do the right thing. And my my wife and I live and breathe politics, unfortunately, both being local politicians. Uh, but my whole my whole focus here is to look at uh, Mangakeke Tamaki, see how well I can actually help our community. Uh, we want to buy in this area as well, Tim, because we love the area as much as as much as anything. We want our children to be able to, you know, uh, be brought up in this area. I have a baby due in two to three weeks' time, and I want that baby to be proud of the fact that his dad loves what he's doing. He's doing it for a reason. He's not doing it for an income. Trust me, if in local politics, there's no money. Everybody says that we're paid too much, but the reality is half our middle management at Auckland Council are paid too much, and we need to look at how we actually do something about that and get it right. So to me, um, vote for Troy because I actually care. And that's the main reason. And I know it might sound a bit um, a bit kitsch, but yeah, I actually care. Nice. Well, Troy, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to talk to us today. It's been great to hear a little bit more about what's driving you and your aspirations for the city. Uh, all the very best for the, the campaign ahead and uh, two and a half weeks time. Thank you, Tim. I really appreciate everything, mate. You guys are brilliant, and I really love the fact that you guys are reaching out to everybody to get this get this information out as well. All I would say is I don't care who you vote for as long as you vote. But vote for me. Thanks for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and your neighbours. And make sure to connect with me on social media. I'm Tim underscore McCready on both Twitter and Instagram, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks also to my producer, Josh Couch, who dreamed up Onihanga FM to bring hyper-local content to the residents of Onihanga and surrounding suburbs. I'll be back with the next episode soon. And don't forget to vote. Voting closes on the 8th of October.